Hi, I'm Will Evans. Welcome to Ahead of the Field from NFU Mutual, where we aim to bring you farming stories from around the country, updates on what's happening in the industry, and relevant help and advice. Today, we're going to be talking to Hayley Adkins and Ian Camp, who are an owl farm in Cardigan, West Wales. We'll hear their diversification story, how they keep a large number of different rare breed animals, and the challenges they have of running a small farm. Welcome to you both, and thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you. Let's start with telling us a bit about the farm. What have you got going on there? Um, well, primarily we're a holiday cottage business. Um, we have five beautiful Welsh stone cottages that we let out to paying guests. Uh, but when we bought the farm, uh, it came with 48 acres. So uh, when you've got 48 acres, you've got to do something with it. Um we um, we were never going to farm it commercially. Um, some of your listeners uh, might not like to hear, but we are vegetarians, so we're we're not going to start rearing animals for meat. But we um, so we decided to move into rare breeds, uh, help with some rare breed conservation, um, that sort of thing. Fantastic. So, what what kind of um, animals have you got there, uh, Haley? Well, once we decided we were going to have rare breeds, um, as we're in Wales, we firstly decided we ought to have some Welsh sheep. So we got some Balwins and some Badgerface sheep. Oh, yeah. Um, when we started looking into rare breeds a bit more, we found quite a number of the sheep breeds and goat breeds that are vulnerable. So we decided we'd add some more. And we've gone down the lines now of having uh, a variety of, of sheep and goats. So we've got things like Manx Lockton, uh, Soe, Hebrideans, Wensleydales, various rare breed sheep. And we've got uh, Baggots and Golden Guernsey goats as well. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So uh, lots of different breeds of animals. Which is your favourite? Yeah. Oh, that's a nice no, one. <laughs> Put you on the spot. We, 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 haven't, we haven't even mentioned the pigs and the ponies and the alpacas and all the other things. We've got. But, uh, yeah. I don't think we're allowed. Favorites. No, we're not allowed. Favorites. All right, which is the most challenging to look after? Uh, originally, I would say probably the bagot goats. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I thought you might say the goats. <laughs> <laughs> Just for one reason. Yeah, um, yeah. The the baggots um, can be quite semi feral, so they they took some getting used to. They can they can jump. They can jump very high. We, yeah. we now have deer fencing around about eleven acres of our farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose it makes it fun. So, what what are the what are the challenges of of keeping so many animals? Um, you know, essentially as pets. I think probably for us, because we have so many different breeds, um, it's the stock rotation and separation that Mm. uh, is a big challenge for us, especially obviously keeping different rams away from use of other breeds and that kind of thing. So lots of enclosures to keep different animals separate. Um, I suppose, obviously, um, as they are pets, like you say, essentially, there's financial challenges that go with that. Um, They're not really used commercially. And um, exacerbated this year by our particularly wet and long mm. winter, um, things like the additional feed costs. Um, yeah, that, that's probably the, the main challenges, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Mm. You mentioned the fact that neither of you are from uh, a farming background and are not from that part of the country either. Um, what brought you over there to Caradigion? Was it something you always dreamt of? or? Well, 
Um, Hayley loves the outdoors. She's always loved her horses. And she'd worked in an office for 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she'd basically come home and watch Escape from the Country yeah. um, again and again. And um, it got to the point where I said, look, you know, if that's the sort of thing you want to do, we'd better get on and do it before we're too old. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, why West Wales? Um, I, I always came to Wales um, as a child on holiday because my mother's Welsh. Um, so it was one of the places we thought mm. of looking first and just fell lucky on uh, on finding the right place. So um, tell me how the holiday lets work in, in combination with the animals. Um, well, exceptionally well, really. We've found that uh, it's now pretty much our USP. Um, a lot of people come to us especially to interact with the animals um, we encourage guests to meet them and we do guided tours so lots of uh, people around the farm where we can answer their questions and they, they take photos of themselves and their children with the animals um, and we've also got quite a, a large following on social media um, we, we do regular posts about the animals so a lot of our guests kind of follow us longer than just their holiday because they they kind of make friends with the animals and then like to keep in touch. That's lovely. I, I, I suppose at the moment, I, I don't want to sort of talk about COVID because everyone's sick of it, but there has been a lot of talk about the importance of um, connecting with the outdoors and the importance of, of wellness. Um, and a lot of people have stuck in their house for so many months wanting to to reconnect with nature. I suppose that fits in really well with that as well, doesn't it? Um, it, it does, um, very much so. As, as animal lovers, we're, we're keen that people um, that don't know much about animals have the chance to get out and, and actually meet some, and that they also see their individual personalities that, and so on that they have. Um, obviously, we can, we can walk around the farm and enjoy the, the fresh air and, and the outside space, and whilst we we don't try and indoctrinate people and turn them vegetarian, um, <laughs> we do believe that maybe if if they uh, actually see that the, the animals are more than just a food product, mm -hmm. then um, whilst they're here, they get that opportunity, and maybe then they'll think more about animal welfare and where their food comes from when they go back home. Sure. Are, are the animals used commercially at all? Like, do you, do you use the wool or anything like that off the sheep? Um, because the animals attract the guests, that obviously has a financial impact, yeah. being that we have more guests come, but that's yeah. incredibly hard to quantify um, what that return is. Um, we, we do sell the occasional lamb or kid uh, to other rare breed programs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as you say, we've found that a number of the rare breeds do have exceptionally mm. good fleece. Um, so we have started uh, producing specialist knitting yarns just in small batches. Um, we sell those to guests, and Haley's set up a little Etsy shop where she sells a few things like that. Um, she's actually started doing weaving classes and things like that for guests because um, we've got so much fleece around. She, um, she decided <laughs> to have a go at weaving and got quite good at it. So we now run little classes in traditional crafts for people. Uh, people were always asking what, yeah. what we did with the fleece. Yeah. So it was nice to be able to do something that they can join in with and maybe take something home mm. that they've okay. made while they're here. Oh, yeah. fantastic. So given the focus on um, people having to holiday in the UK this year, and I know we 
we don't really know how it's all going to pan out over the next um, few months. But how are how are bookings looking at the moment? Um, we, we have a lot of regular customers, a lot of people who return each year. So, sort of the summer season is pretty much booked up well in advance anyway. Uh-huh. Um, but this year, we're simply finding that that summer season is just growing exponentially in both directions. So. If people are allowed to come, we'll be pretty much full from Easter to November. It's yeah. you know, it's um, rather than just the June, July, August. It, it's sort of spreading across the year. Mm. Um, we have got people already booking for 2022. I think they they think that maybe things will be a, a bit more normal yeah. by then. Yeah. Uh, so they're starting to book well in advance. They're worried that everywhere will be booked up. I think. But, yeah. Um, but as at the moment, we just don't know when people will be able to come or not. No, no. Well, God, I hope things are back to normal by 2022. So you mentioned <laughs> um, social media and how you use that as a way of connecting with people. You know, what other ways do you use to to market and promote the business? Um, we've got a very good local agent. Um, so basically they do all the work for us. Um, they get almost all our initial bookings and then after that it's return customers recommendations from people who've been and people who find us via social media we don't do any advertising as such we mm. we don't need to anymore no so where can people find you on social media what are your, ah. what are your handles on uh, facebook.com slash owl farm cottages and okay. um, you'll see us and our many posts of our weird and wonderful creatures <laughs> Okay, so um, as well as the diversifications with the with the animals and the holiday lets, um, as you've mentioned, you've got the rest of the land. What do you farm on that? Um, the majority of the land is is really grazing for the animals. Okay, um, we have in the past been able to cut some hay in good years. Obviously, depends on the weather. Um, but the other thing that we have done, um, we set aside when we got here. Uh, a large six acre field and we planted a traditional orchard in that so um over 100 heritage apple trees with a view to possible cider making in the future fantastic Um, the other thing that we did also was to create a large wetland wildlife reserve area on the farm um to attract birds and other wildlife and we've set up a bird hide up there for the visitors to use so that they can enjoy that area with us as well. Fantastic. So what, what kind of um, improvements in the biodiversity have you seen since you did that? As, as, as the, have you seen dramatically more birds and animals and insects? The insect population, I would say, is the most yeah. impressive. The amount of dragonflies and damselflies and different butterflies and things like that on the farm are really good. Um, I, we, we were pretty good here for that sort of thing anyway, because the, the hedges have been let overgrow for so many years before sure. we got here. that um, And we've sort of cut that back as little as we can so yeah, there's a lot of rough pasture around yeah. the farm and um, sort of natural wetland and springs so we have um we have quite a lot of um barn owls tawny owls buzzards kites all, all sorts of things who are resident on the farm yeah, yeah. Um, quite a few wading birds as yeah. well yeah that's really exciting we we um actually put a couple of um owl boxes up um at the start of this year on our farm and the other day i was going past and there were signs of um owls in their feathers and things like that so my my daughters are extremely excited 
we've put two or three boxes up, but they don't really seem keen on them here because mm. we've got so many big old oak trees that I think mm-hmm. they're, they're quite happy where they are. They've got they've got enough. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So, what are the um, the challenges of running a smaller farm from your perspective? Um, I think mainly the fact that it's just the two of us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which means that there's. Um, you know, there, there's just not enough hours in the day sometimes that you yeah. know, to get everything done. And I suppose the biggest challenge of being a small farm is that you don't have the infrastructure. Is that we don't have tractors, we don't mm-hmm. have big plant machinery. So every time we need something done that's more than just bare hands and brute force, we need to hire in contractors. And obviously that has a financial implication. Mm. Yeah, no, no sick days either. I guess is a uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Haley's been manfully um, getting about the place with a broken ankle for about the last three weeks. Oh no! <laughs> oh right, okay. Oh, dear me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, uh, no, we, we don't stop for much. No, no, no. Okay, so your your business is. Um, uh, very much about connecting those who come to stay with you with the animals and the kind of farming that you do. Is that something you're passionate about, that kind of education and connection aspect? Um, very, very much so. Um, I think the more that people can learn about the animals whilst they're here um, and, and share, they're always surprised, um, for example, that a sheep isn't just a sheep and that they come in different shapes, yeah. sizes, colours, um, the same with the goats. I mean, mm. we've got everything from pygmy goats through to Angora goats and Anglo-Nubians and the baggots and the golden guernseys and things. And I think just the, the diversity of things like that that people are really surprised by. Um, similarly, with the apple orchard, we've got over 50-odd varieties. And I think you know, people think of going to Tesco's and there's perhaps yeah. six apples to choose from. Um yeah. They come here and they read each tree has its uh, variety uh, really? recorded on it. And I think just things like that, that we can help in in some ways to educate people a little more about what what they eat and, and what's out there. Mm. Um, it's yeah. really very interesting for us as well as yeah. them. Because so, yeah, we're learning as we go. Mm. You know, we're, you know, we're not from the countryside originally. You know, we've... Um, yeah, it's we've learnt as we've gone along. No, I, I was primarily a, a horse person, so the yeah. livestock has been a, a nice learning curve since we've been here. So what are the most um, common questions that you get asked by guests? Because I guess a lot of them um, will be people staying with you who've never encountered animals before. So what kind of things do they ask? Um, the main thing is, uh, what do you do with them? Um so, you know, you don't send them to market. So what are they for? What do you use them for? Yeah. And obviously we can answer about the, the fleece uh, with some of the breeds. Um, but uh, others, we just have to say, uh, because we like them. <laughs> <That's> basically, <laughs> uh, I mean, things like things like the baggot goats, I mean, they're, they're critically endangered. The reason they're yeah. critically endangered is they're pretty useless um, for meat and they're pretty useless for milk. Mm. So people don't keep them. Yeah. But they're but they're beautiful creatures, and they, and if if people don't keep them, then they'll be lost forever. So mm. it's just educating people to the fact that you know that's the sort of thing people like us are doing, um, not necessarily for an end goal, other than to keep the species alive, as you know, like with elephants and tigers. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's been nice to see um, people having those conversations over the last few years about rare breeds and traditional British breeds. There's another rare breed survival trust obviously does loads of work in that area. And, you know, a lot more people are, you know, whereas sort of 20, 30 years ago, everybody was focused on the continental breeds and and things like that. Um, Over the last, well, noticeably over the last few years, I've I've seen a lot more conversations and people look into those breeds. I mean, I guess I guess that's that's quite heartening. Not wanting to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, a really important part of our heritage, aren't they? Rural heritage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So, what's next for the farm on your business? What, what have you got planned? Um, more of the same as regard the animals. Um, try to keep the breeding in check. Uh, we, we've only got so much room, um, and with the emphasis well and truly uh, moving towards staycations, by the look of it. Um, I think our our main focus will be um, on the cottages and making sure that we're providing uh, the best rental cottage experience we can and um, hopefully uh, bring in some money to pay for uh, all these animals that we (laughs) (laughs) need. Yeah. Is is there any, um, any animal or breed of animal that you haven't got yet that you would like? Is there anything that you've sort of got your eye on? Um, you talk about Clydesdales. That's the yeah. I'd, I'd quite, I'd quite like a, a Clydesdale, mm. um, but um, okay. Well, I can, I can, I can put you in touch with someone who breeds them if, uh, if, <laughs> if, if you want. <laughs> I'm not quite sure we've really got the space. Uh, <laughs> That's what's held us back so yeah, far, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. uh, Haley does love uh, her horses, and um, you know it would be nice to to help a breed that's mm. uh, endangered like that but um sure. i'll stick with my fell ponies yeah, <laughs> fantastic all right well thank you both very much for your time that's it from this edition of ahead of the field from me will evans and everyone at nfu mutual it's goodbye until the next episode <laughs>